Well, we're going to start a new series. Um, it'll probably last about eight weeks, maybe. I don't know. But we're going to be talking about faith and how the just, the just shall live by faith. And I've heard a lot of teaching on faith throughout, the, uh, throughout my Christian life. And we're going on five years here at Karis, and this is the first time that we've taught on faith. Because I believe that faith is not something... Faith, we've turned faith into a work. We've turned confession into a work. All it is is a modern-day way of manipulating God. If I can just say it enough, if I can just prove that I believe enough, then God will move on my behalf. The good news is, the gospel, that 2,000 years ago, Jesus moved on your behalf. And the Bible clearly declares that all the promises of God find their yes and their amen in him. So we don't have to manipulate God. Faith isn't about prying things out of a tight-fisted God. Faith is having a relationship with a God that has his arms open wide. That's what faith is. We don't use faith to get things from God. We have faith in God because he is faithful. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the word of God. And we thank you for the living word, Jesus Christ, made flesh. Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is here to lead us and guide us into all truth. And you are truth. You are truthfulness. You are faith. You are faithful. You are the only faithful one. So as we hear your word, faith comes by hearing the faithful one. Faith comes by hearing the word. So this morning, we expect, we expect to receive faith this morning. That inner touch of God that brings a knowing into our very being. We love you, we praise you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I found this little saying, I thought that it, that it works perfect because faith we've turned into such a difficult subject. And it's not. Faith is nothing more than a child-parent relationship. When I tell the kids we're going to get ice cream, they believe if I'm faithful that we're going to get ice cream. Now, if I tell them that they're going to get ice cream and, and there's some things that I have to do or there's things that are hindering us from leaving right at that moment, they might start saying, are we, can we leave yet? Are we leaving yet? Are we going? Are we going? Are we going? And that's no problem. That's hope. They still have their imagination. Hope. I really should have taught on hope before I taught on faith. Because hope, what is hope? Hope, we think that's a wish. I hope it happens. No, hope 
is having a positive imagination. Your imagination, what you have hope in, what you have hope for, is positive because of who God is. A perverted imagination, a darkened imagination, a negative imagination lacks hope. It's, it's the opposite of having a positive imagination. It's without hope. And you are not without hope in this world, right? Amen. So the kids might be, want to go to get ice cream. They want to go get ice cream. And they're excited. They're excited. And they're hopeful, hopeful. See, but if you weren't faithful... If you're not faithful, the kids, instead of saying, can we go yet, can we go yet, can we go yet, they might turn it into, well, we're not in the car. We're not in the car, so I don't think we're really going to go. Do you see the difference? I mean, that's very simple, but th- that is the difference between believing and having faith. And you're saying, what's the difference between believing and having faith? The kid that says, well, we're not in the car. We're not driving yet. I'm not eating the ice cream cone yet. Yeah, I believe that Dad said this. But because I'm not eating the ice cream cone, it must not be true. The other kids, there, we haven't left yet. I'm not eating the ice cream cone, but I know my dad's faithful. And if he says we're going to get ice cream, we're going to get ice cream, I cannot wait. I'm going to bug him until I, it's, we go. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because faith is not rocket science. We've tried to make faith so difficult, and it's not. And one of the things is, is that the church has allowed the opposite to come into its teaching. The opposite of faith is doubt, but even more than that, it's mental assent. It's knowing it in your head, but not believing it in your heart. That's a huge difference. Do you know how many people I run, I, I've talked to, I, You'd be surprised with having a website how many people, phone calls I get from people that live across the state. <laughs> Seriously. Because we're hooked up with Andrew Walmack. You know, they call Andrew Walmack Ministries. They ask if there's a, te- or Karis Bible College, they ask if there's a church around here that's associated with them. They give them our number. There's a lady that was in Lansing, and she had all types of problems that she was having. She couldn't drive in a car. She... Just all sensory problems, all these problems. And I'm trying to edify her. I'm trying to say scriptures. She's finishing the scriptures before I can even get done with them. She had them all. She knew them. And she repeated them just like a robot. She knew them. But she didn't have faith in them. There's a huge difference between just mentally assenting to something that's true, that God said that, yeah, I see it's in the Bible, and actually it becoming your very nature, what you believe, what you have faith in. 
Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek, for it is it, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Why will the just live by faith? Because salvation has come to everyone who believes, for the Jew first, not the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. In the gospel of Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed, right? Whose righteousness? It's his righteousness, but when you believe the gospel, it becomes your righteousness. And seeing that you have been made righteous through the work of Jesus Christ, not through your own, but through what Jesus Christ has done, now the just, what's that mean? The just, the justified, those who have been made righteous, those who have been made holy, live by faith. In what? In that righteousness, in that right standing, that justification in Christ Jesus. See, the biggest hindrance to so many people believing God is that they don't believe they're just. And so we do a whole bunch of religious circus works to prove to God, to try to say, look, I'm just. I'm doing the best that I can. You know what? The best you can, can do is filthy rags. He doesn't want your best. He wants, to li- he wants his best to flow through you. See, if you don't believe that you're just, if you don't believe you're right and right standing with God, you can't believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Because you disqualify yourself. Do you understand that? So faith begins with understanding that you are righteous, you are holy, you are without blame in the sight of Almighty God. And because of what Jesus Christ has, has done for you, it opens you up to every single other thing that God has promised in his word. It's not based on what you have done. It's always based on what Jesus Christ has done. And now every situation, your entire life, goes from faith to faith to faith to faith. You trusting that I'm in right standing with God. I'm in a relationship with God. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of Almighty God. He's, he's my Abba. And you live life in that relationship with God, trusting, trusting that he is faithful. You know that the just shall live by faith is in the Bible four times. That's pretty significant, I, I would say. This phrase, the just shall live by faith, is in Romans, it's in Galatians, it's in Hebrews. And the first time God prophesied it, through prophet Habakkuk, in chapter, chapter 2, verse 4, he says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. 
See, this self-righteous pride that comes in us, this, this self-righteous pride of intellectualism and knowing and having everything worked out and being in control of everything, th- it, his soul is not right in him. Because if you want to know all the ins and outs and the details of God, you will never, ever come to a knowing of it. The just, if you want to be just in the sight of God, you live by faith in God. And what we're, what we're going to find out is because of mental ascent and because of our always seeking a knowing and trying to pigeonhole God on some type of legal, now you got to heal me. Now you got to provide for me because I got this legal right to what is mine. That sounds really nice, doesn't it? Instead of coming to a place where I know God intimately, I have a relationship with God. I mean, think of all the people in the Bible, the relationship that they had with God. Abraham was a friend of God. Moses talked to God like a man talks to a man. Think about that. David danced during the very glory of God. He, he, he actually had a whole separate tabernacle. That was a shadow of our new tabernacle of Christ living in us. These relationships. Jesus got up every morning and went and spent time with the Father. Why? Because that made God happy. That's what we think. I got to get up and read my Bible every morning. I got to do my devotions. No, you get to. Jesus got up and spent time with God because he wanted to. Jesus would minister to people and then go up into the mountains and spend time with God because he wanted to. There's a vast, there's a vast difference here. He had a relationship with God Almighty. He spent with God, time with God cultivating a relationship knowing what the Father was saying, knowing what the Father was doing. Jesus says, I only do, I only, I only do, do what the Father's doing. I always speak what the Father's speaking. Why? Because he spent time with the Father. See, today you're thinking, well, oh, he's going to be teaching on faith. He's going to give me five keys. He's going to give me five keys to receiving from God today. You know what? There's only one key, and it's Jesus Christ. Above all else, God wants a relationship with you. He wants to be intimate in your life. He wants you to know him. Faith is not a work of the mind. It is not self-willed tenacity. Faith has nothing to do with the mind. You're a spirit being. Faith comes from your spirit. See, we just think if I can just believe hard enough. See, I'll, I'll tell on myself. Two years ago, I think it was two years ago, we went uh, to a wedding, and my wife wanted to go into the downstairs to the hot tub at the hotel, and I don't like hot tubs because it's just like a human soup bowl. But, <laughs> but because I love my wife... I went down there with her, and when I got home, my toe was itching. And so I started 
believe in God, I'm healed, all this. My toes started itching, and so I started um, coming against it, commanding, all this stuff, and it started itching more and more. And I, I said, well, this is enough of this. I'm going to go get some of that spray and spray it. So I went and got that spray, and it started going away. And, oh, good, it's gone. Then it came back with vengeance. And I got to a place, and I said, Lord, you know, I, I, I was confess, confessing that I'm healed. I'm, I was um, commanding life into the flesh of that, that toe. Um, you know, then I just said, you know, if I can get a spray and get it, this gone, I'm going to do it. And then it came back. And I got to a place where I said, Lord, if the foot falls off, I could care less. I am just going to trust that you're my healer. I'm going to rest in that. And I'm going to live, just live life as though I'm healed, that you're my healer, and I could care. I'm, you know, it's when, it's infl- when it itches and stuff, you want to know all the details? When it itched and stuff like that, I just, said, I just rested and said, I re- I'm healed. Your word says it. I'm healed. I'm not, I, I'm not even in a panic about it. I don't care about it. And uh, I just got into a place of peace and just trusted that God is faithful. And you're not, you won't believe this, but it's, this is how it happened. Within, within a week, it was gone. And that was not doing the spray or anything on it anymore. Just entering into a place of rest. Instead of working, I was working I was trying to use my ability, my, this is what you're going to find out, that faith works best is when you feel least capable. I've seen prayers answered when I feel like God wasn't even in the room. When I wasn't prepared, someone comes up to you with something traumatic. Something, someone comes up to you, and all you're thinking about is getting a cup of coffee. And they come, and all you do is you lay hands on them, you start praying, trusting God. And and I've heard these kind of I've heard these kind of uh, um, testimonies from other ministers that there there are times when they felt like God was in the room. He just did a huge miracle over here. God's in the room. I just feel it, and and God's going to do I'm, something big is going to happen tonight, and nothing happens. It's because once you step out, once you get out from underneath that God's the faithful one, God's the one that's working it, then you get into self-righteousness, self-ability. You know, it's me believing. No, it's Christ believing through you. Do you see how difficult we've made faith? We think that we need to believe we got to get to a point where we, we believe in our own believing. I, I, I just need to believe more. No. Jesus says if you had the seed of a grain of mustard, faith has a grain of mustard seed. It's bigger than your mountain. You don't need more faith. See, we think we need more. You don't need more. How could you get more? We've been given the faith of Christ. We've all received the measure of faith. We don't need more faith. We need less unbelief. We need less unbelief. 
Faith comes from the heart and not our heads. We must not confuse faith and mental agreement. I mean, today's not, it's not rocket science. This is not going to be very deep. You cannot confuse faith and just mental agreement, mental assent, or just saying that you believe. Faith is not just believing. Faith is something that happens in the core of your being. To believe in healing is one thing, but to have faith for it is altogether something else. The Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. Well, I believe that. I read it. It's right in the Bible. I believe it. I can quote it. Yeah, who wouldn't believe that? Yeah, it says it in the Bible. Who wouldn't believe it? Who wouldn't believe that God has the ability to heal? Let's take it this, to this point. That the Bible declares that you've been saved. People have heard the word preached that about salvation through Jesus Christ. If you catch the best with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And yeah, I agree. Someone that doesn't even believe in God can agree that the Bible says that by his stripes you are healed or that you're saved through confessing and faith in Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that they have faith. Do you understand? It's just mental assent. Yeah, the Bible says it. Yeah, if there is a God, I guess he's, if he's all-powerful, that he could heal. That's just all mental assent. I'm going somewhere with this. Just hold on. Faith rejoices before you see it. Faith says, I believe without seeing. And before you get thinking, well, so you're saying we just believe in nothingness? No. You believe in the Spirit. The Spirit that made everything that you can see. Just because you can't see the spiritual realm does not mean it does not exist. And truth of the matter is, is that if these molecules went fast enough, you wouldn't be able to see these. Do you, under, do you, know, you understand that? I mean, the reason why Jesus was able to walk through doors after he rose from the dead is because he was going faster than the molecules in the door. The spiritual realm created everything that you see. And so you have faith in what you cannot see that has substance, which is the faithfulness of God, the Word of God. So you can rejoice before you see it in the flesh because he is faithful. Right? Okay. Do you believe that you're righteous? Do you believe you're holy? Do you believe you're going to heaven? Do you believe that you're born again, that the Spirit of God lives within you? Yes? Yeah? So if you're righteous, you're holy, how about those times you act like the devil? Does that void your righteousness, your holiness, your standing with God? No? Okay, if that doesn't void your righteousness, your standing with God, see, what you see doesn't, isn't lining up with truth. Right? And there are things that can happen in this world that doesn't line up with truth. And you can either have faith in your sense knowledge, the five, your five physical senses, or you can have faith in God and what Jesus Christ has done. And let your faith become what? Sight. Remember Thomas? In John chapter 20, verse 27, Jesus says, Jesus, has, this is after the resurrection, and what did Thomas say? Oh, doubting what, Tom? 
He says, unless I see the nail prints and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Right? So this is Jesus showing up. And he shows up in the upper room and he says, Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here in your, your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving. But believing, Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet Belief. So you can believe in something that you have not seen. And Jesus expects, God expects you to believe in something that you have not seen. Thomas believed when he's seen. That was not faith. Faith is believing even when you do not see. Faith is believing that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life even though you've never seen the book. Faith is believing that you're righteous and holy in the midst of you acting just like a jerk. See, right believing leads to right actions. See, that goes back to the just to live by faith. So when you screw up, when you're a jerk, when you sin, what do you have to do right in that moment? Live by faith. Live by faith that Jesus Christ cleansed you from all unrighteousness. That you might be acting that way, but that's not who you really are. That the greater one lives in you. And these destructive habits, these things that are trying to control and bring me into bondage. Anger is not mine. Anger does not live in this. The joy of the Lord lives in, in here. Love, peace, gentleness. That's all, that's all in here. And I just forgot who I was for a second. I stopped believing who I was. I allowed the world, I allowed other people to, con- to, to conform me into the mold of this world instead of being transformed into the image of Christ. I allowed my circumstances to, be- to control what I believe about myself rather than believing in him that is faithful in all circumstances. So, here's a little thing. If you're going to wait, if you're going to believe that Jesus is Lord... And God, until you see him, guess what? It's going to be too late. Right? If we believe that Jesus is alive today without physically seeing him, then why would we think that faith would work differently in other areas of our life? Right? Well, I prayed. I had hands laid on me. Let's see if it works. Let's see if I'm healed. How would that work with salvation? Well, I I prayed the sinner's prayer. Yeah, I see the Bible says that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from the dead. It says that, so I believe it. Now let's just sit back and see if I really go to heaven. Would you say that that person has faith? No. So why do we say that... Why do we know what faith looks like in salvation, but in every area of our life we get confused about it? Right? You guys must be thinking hard. If you're going to wait to see before you believe you are healed, you are not going to see anything. 
If you're going to sow seed and then say, well, I'm going to sow seed and then I'm just going to sit back and see if I reap, reap something, that's not sowing in faith. You sow believing, believing, and, and it becomes a lifestyle. You're, you, you believe that God's your healer, not only when, when you're, you're facing sickness, when you're facing disease, but when you're healthy. That God's your healer. You thank him that you're your healer. You, you, you believe that you're saved and, and that you're part of the, of the family of God, not only, not only when everything is going good and, and uh, you feel the presence of God, but when those times in your life when you've screwed up and, and because of your own condemnation that you've placed on yourself, you feel like God's a million miles away. But you see in the Bible it says, it never leaves me, he never forsakes me. So this feeling that I have is contrary to the word of God. So all I got to say is, you know what, God, I screwed up. But guess what? You're right here. You've never leave me. You are the faithful one. Even if I am unfaithful, you remain faithful, and you will never leave me or forsake me. And as you start building that trust and that reliance on God... Because of what he has said, all of a sudden, that condemnation starts going away. And when that condemnation starts going away, all of a sudden, you, you realize that he was always there. That is faith. Faith is rooted in knowing Christ. As a New Testament believer, our faith is rooted in knowing Christ. In the Old Testament, it was based on knowing God. And then they entered into that short 2,000-year period of the law, and it was based on our own works. The law was of works. Do good, get good. Do bad, get beat. You want, you want to be righteous? You want to... You, on Sinai, when they, when they brought down the law and they said, can you ask the Jewish nation, can you do all these things that your Lord, the Lord God has commanded you to do? And they said, yes, we can do all those things. Well, unfortunately, someone's keeping a diary and we found out that they couldn't keep all those, those things. They should have fell on their faces and says, who can keep, who can be righteous and holy apart from God? Look what Paul said. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, he says, But whatever things were gained to me. See, just coming up to this point in Scripture, Paul was, he was given his credentials on who he was. He, he was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was, he was taught by Gamaliel. He was a Hebrew of Hebrew. He was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He, he had all the credentials to make him top-notch on God's shelf of the religious elect. When it came to the law, he says, I was blameless. So this is Paul. He, 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 he understood God from the word of God. He, he understood the word of God. He tried to, to have a relationship with God through the law of God. And he, and he had all these credentials. Everything was what? Paul, this is me, this is me, this is me. And how many people are like that? They try to convince you that you're, they're a good person because of all the things that they've done. But Paul had an experience. Something happened to Paul where all of a sudden this mental ascent that he was righteous transformed his life and where he needed a righteousness apart from his own. 
the righteousness of Christ Jesus. He says, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. All his credentials... All his training, everything that he had done in the flesh, he counts it but rubbish. That word rubbish, this is the American Standard Version. Um, King James Version calls it dung. Truthfully, I could get really crude here, but this is the only place in Scripture that it uses this word, and there is a word in the English language, and it's four letters. This is a vulgar word in your Bible. Let's just call it BS. Paul said, everything that I've done in my own strength is just a bunch of BS. Everything that I thought I was, all the knowledge that I have in my head was just a BS compared. You know, I'm not saying that ignorance is awesome. Compared. He's comparing it. He's saying, every, and it's a pretty strong comparison. It's rubbish. It's dung. It has value, but it's done compared to knowing Jesus, knowing Christ. He says, I have counted it all lost compared. I'll lose everything. I'll forsake everything. I'll get rid of everything. I won't cling to anything but knowing Jesus. Paul had faith because he knew Jesus, and he determined not to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He says, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness, that that justification that we're talking about, of my own derived from the law, but that which is found through faith in Christ. There it is again, the righteous to live by faith. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. He's saying that this faith, this faith that he has, this righteousness, this, this righteousness is something that he's trying to grasp, but the good news is, is that in Christ Jesus, it's already grabbed hold of him. Brethren, I do not regard myself of having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying that this relationship with God, I continue to press on more and more. He said that I have not come to a perfect understanding of walking in by faith and walking in the righteousness of God. I am reaching forward and continually grabbing hold on of what has already grabbed hold of me. Something grabbed hold of Paul. 
Something grabbed hold of Paul, and it's something that he spent the rest of his life and gave his life seeking after. Something happened to Paul. Something happened to Paul that changed him from a man that was self-righteous, a man after the law, a man that was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Something changed in Paul. He had an experience. He knew the Word of God. He could quote the Word of God. He could quote complete books of the Bible. But it had not produced faith. And when he met Jesus Christ on the road of Damascus, and he came face and face with the one that he was persecuting, Jesus Christ. But I thought Paul was persecuting the church. We are the body of Christ. When the church is persecuted, Jesus is persecuted. And he says, who are you that, who are you, Lord? And he says, I am he, Jesus Christ, whom you persecute. And he says, it's hard to kick against the pricks. Have you ever wondered what that meant? See, Paul knew the word of God. He, he was hearing what was being preached about Jesus Christ. He had seen it. He had seen these things for himself. He was, he was in Jerusalem when Jesus walked the streets. Some people even say that, that Gamaliel could, could have been the same teacher that Jesus Christ had. He could have been in the same class as Paul. Think about that. And on that day, there was a pricking. There was a pricking Jesus talked about. That pricking of the heart. See, that was faith trying to become manifest in Paul. It's hard. It's hard. When God comes after you, when God starts pricking your heart, when he starts tugging on you, It's hard to deny that. It's hard to kick against that pricking of the heart. It's hard to reject the pricking of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so what do we do? We either surrender to God or we run and hide. We try to go into darkness. But he continues to seek after you and seek after you. See, something happened in Paul. Something happened that caused his education, his mental ascent, everything that he deemed important in life to be rubbish compared to the knowledge of God. And that's when faith happened in his spirit and he was born again. And now he spent his whole life seeking after the very one that he persecuted. Faith is not of the head. Faith is of the heart. And if you're born again here, if you're born again, if you're truly born again, what do you mean truly born again? You get me to question my salvation? If you can question your salvation, you should question it. If you're born again, it wasn't a head decision. It was a heart decision. You have experienced faith. Every single one of you in here has experienced the faith of God. It was given to you by God, and it was birthed inside of you, and you were born again. And it came through knowing that God loves you. It, it came from that, that Holy Spirit embrace of your spirit. Faith is not mental ascent. Faith is not knowing. Up here, faith is knowing in here. 
The problem is that we have made faith a condition of the mind when it is a divinely imparted grace to the heart. It's like falling into love. Faith is like falling into love. I remember when my best man in my wedding, he went, me and Amanda, I think uh, we had been only together for about a year by the time we were married. And, he, you know, I had just come back into the church, and he was saying, you know, he was still out there. And he, he was questioning, you know, you're making the right decision, you know. And I, he, goes, he goes, how do you know? How, how do you know? And, I, and, I, and I, finally I just said, because I love her. And when I said that, he says, okay, that's all I need to know. Faith is just like falling into love. How do you know? You don't need to know. You just know, right? You just know. And it comes from having that relationship with God. It comes from having that relationship to knowing Christ and and, and knowing how much he cares for you, how much he loves you. And you know what? Even if I didn't have a Bible, but I knew that God loved me, the first century church didn't have Bibles, folks. But they knew. They wrote what we're trying to get in our heads so we can have faith. Faith is of the heart. You just know. Faith only comes through relationship, not from head knowledge. Look at what James says. James chapter 2, verse 19. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. See, people say, I believe in God. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he rose from the dead. Yeah, you've you got about as much faith as the devil. See, why doesn't faith work for the devil? He believes in God. And he shudders. Most Christians believe in God and they trample over Jesus Christ. If the devil believes in God, why doesn't his faith work? Because it's not faith. He doesn't have faith in Christ. He doesn't have a relationship in Christ. He doesn't have, he, he doesn't have faith that God is his Savior. He doesn't, he doesn't embrace that as his own. That's not his identity. He chooses not to have faith. We all choose not to have faith. We choose what we embrace as our identity. We choose what we embrace is the way that we filter life. We choose those things. And I'm telling you, as, 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 as the age comes to an end, it's going to be harder and harder to stand for, in faith. Because the world is going to ridicule faith. It's going to be hard for the justified to live by faith especially if you have not already determined in your heart that this is who I am no matter what, that everything else is but rubbish and dung and a bunch of BS, like Paul did. Paul gave his head 
for the knowing of, of Christ. Christians are given their lives because they know Christ. You will not become a martyr for Christ if you don't know him. And understand, a martyr is not someone that chooses to blow themselves up. I can't, I, can't, I can't stand how we change words in our, in our American language. We change all these words that don't... A martyr is someone that has their life taken from them because of their beliefs, not someone that goes and takes life and, gives, and, and blows himself up for what they believe, trying to get something. I got a joke, but I'm not going to say it. Would be, yeah. So where were we? Now I'm a, I'm a, so the devil believes, but why doesn't it work? Because he doesn't have faith. Believing is not faith. He's not trusting, he's not relying on, he's not embracing what God is offering. Just believing is not faith. The devil believes. Why does it work for him? Because he does not have faith in of the faith of Christ in his heart. Here's another example of mental ascent versus having faith. Acts chapter 19, verse 13, it says, Then some of the interrogant Jews, exorcists, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a, a Jewish chief priest who did so. So what was happening was, is they seen that Paul was having success. He was casting out demons. But these were exorcists. They did it for money. And when they seen that Paul was having awesome success, casting out demons in the name of Jesus, they thought, hmm, this is an opportunity. So what did they do? They started, they, they had a demon-possessed person, and they said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. So they believed. They seen it. They seen that demons got cast out through the name of Jesus. They believed that demons would be passed, cast out in the name of Jesus. Right? They believed. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And you like that? <laughs> Any resemblance is all coincidence. But uh, <laughs> Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Isn't it interesting that they knew who Paul was? And they sure knew who Jesus was. But they were saying, who are you? You have no right to use that name. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them. I would love to have seen this. And prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. You can't just have head knowledge that Jesus is Lord of lords and King of kings, that all authority is vested in him, that, that there is authority in the name of Jesus. You cannot use the, the authority of the name of Jesus when you yourself have not submitted to his lordship. They did not know Christ. See, you can believe something you can even step out and try to do something through that head knowledge. But they weren't trusting in the one that had all power. Faith and believing are not the same. What we believe in our hearts comes out our mouths. And this is what gets a lot of people in trouble. You know, 
I talk to a lot of people. I'll talk to a lot of you. And I'll let you in on a little secret, and hopefully no one gets offended. But if you ever hear me say, and I'm sure some of you heard it, me say it, is that if we're having a conversation, maybe we're at a restaurant or something, and conversation's going all over the place, if you ever hear me say, well, I just choose not to participate in that. That's my polite way of saying, what you're saying is garbage, and I don't want nothing to do with this conversation. Because I do not accept that as truth. And these conversations come out right about this time. Did you get your flu shot? Oh, the whole office right now is just sick. You know, it's going around. It's going around. And I will say, I say this to unbelievers. I say, well, I just choose not to participate. And they laugh. Oh, yeah, I wish, I wish it was that easy. What do you believe? What we believe comes out our mouths. And what you believe, what's in your heart, what's the core of a human being is what comes out their mouth. Confession is not... Confession is not using the Word of God like a sledgehammer beating on the gates of heaven trying to get God to come out. Confession is what you believe. It's your testimony. I confess that Jesus is Lord. It's the way that you live. The just shall live by faith. Faith, what you believe comes out. What you say, what you say, what comes out of your mouth, you believe them more than anybody else. You know that? Someone comes to you and say, you know what, you're a, you're a great individual. God, you know, God just spoke to me that, that you are, he's got great plans for you. That, 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 that he, he wants to take you into a new, new ministry or whatever it might be. He, they come up and just give you a word. And in your heart, you're thinking... Yes, I believe, I, I'm being pricked. But then you walk away and you think, well, that might be possible, but do you know what I just did? Or do you know what? I'm no good. I'm worthless. God can be speaking to your very heart. You can be pricked and know it's true, but you'll believe what comes out of your mouth more than what God is, is coming out of God's mouth. We have to be very careful. When I say very careful, I don't mean, again, a religious routine. What we have, to, we, have to be, we have to listen. We have to be discerning about what comes out of our mouth because as a man believes in his heart, so is he. And from the abundance of the heart, the what? The mouth speaks. So whatever you believe, whoever you are in the core of, of your being will come out of your mouth eventually. We don't confess the Word of God trying to make something happen. We confess the Word of God because that's what we believe. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, he says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So what, what did it just say here? It says... You believe in your heart, and from the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Do you know this is not talking about coming up and doing a sinner's prayer? There's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, guess what? It's going to come out of your mouth. That's going to be who you become. That's your new nature. You, you know, they, 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 
before they had altar calls and had people raise their hand, and we you know we had to pat ourselves on the back to make sure we had enough people that got saved in the service and all that stuff. They, they asked uh, John Wesley, they asked him, well, how do you know if they got saved? He says, well, if they're coming back to church in a year from now, then I guess they were saved. See, faith, relationship with God isn't a one-time decision. A relationship with God is becoming a child of God and becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ and live in a completely different way. See, we think just because we say something, just because you said, oh, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that means you're saved. No. It's something that happens in your heart, just like Paul. He was persecuting Christ. He was, he was he breathing fire. <laughs> you know, he was just angry against the church, all these things. And then he came into an experience with Jesus Christ, and he was transformed, and it transformed his entire nature. This is real. The spiritual realm is real. The born-again experience is real. You must be born again. If you don't have a spiritual birthday, you're not born again. Right? We all have physical birthdays. If you don't have a spiritual birthday, you might not even know the, da- the date it was. I can't remember the, the date when I was born, but I, I can remember the day I was born. The experience when life came in to me. See, we think faith is so difficult. We think faith is just us trying to work up enough, enough brain power, enough discipline, enough self-will, and it's not. It's about having a relationship, resting in the goodness of Christ, knowing that he is faithful, and experiencing faith just like falling in love. Hebrews eleven six, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who has come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. What is faith? Faith faith is believing God is. And faith is believing that he's a rewarder. It's so simple. It's not rocket science. It's believing that God is. Is God... Is there a God? Yes, there is. Do you believe that he's faithful? Do you believe that he's a rewarder? Faith is believing that God is and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. Again, what is it talking about? Seeking God. It's that relationship. It's cultivating. It's it's knowing Christ, forsaking all other things and knowing Christ. What do you believe today? Do you believe that God is and that he's a rewarder? What do you believe? Well, we're just getting started on this series on faith, and hopefully this has piqued your interest, and hopefully the Holy Spirit is, is, is letting, letting you in on this little secret that faith is not a work of the flesh. Faith is not a work of the mind. Faith is a work of the Spirit. It's, a, it's an part. It's grace being imparted to you to trust, believe, and rely on God, the faithful one. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.